Welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we continue to make our way through the end of Mesech Sivamos. And this week we're going to be learning Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, the last full Daf in the Perak of Beishamai. And uh, next week already we uh, enter into the 14th Perak of Mesech Sivamos, Perak Chirish Shenasa, which uh, takes us basically uh, to uh, o- almost really to the end of the Mesechta. And uh, today we're going to be uh, discussing two different Dirabanan uh, Yibums that take place and some of the details uh, that, uh, that go into those uh, particular relationships. So at the end of Daf Kuf Yud, the Gemara quotes the statement of the Mishnah where we were discussing the case of a man having two Dirabanan wives but very different reasons for why they were uh, marriages dirabanan, And we're up to the case where one man was married to a katana, a, a, a katana, an orphaned minor, or a chareshes, and he has bia with one of them. And the Mishnah and the Gemara describe the fact that the bia with either the katana or the chareshes uh, is not going to release the tsara, not going to release the other from performing yibum or chalitza because there are different types of dirabanan marriages. And often and generally in the world of Yavamos, that when uh, there's one bia that takes place, so it uh, it dissolves any other zika that exists. Whereas over here, our chiddush of our Mishnah is that in this case, when there are two different types of durabanan marriages, so we're not going to dissolve uh, that zika. Rashi explains that the reason that it's not mafkia the zika is because at the end of the day, we don't know which of these two relationships he prefers. And the one that he prefers is definitely the stronger Ishus. And since both of them are only uh, marriages on a Dirabanan level, and the Yibam and Chalitza of the weaker one doesn't release the Zika of the stronger one, so Rechoshish says Rashi that it's possible that he's going to develop a relationship with one of them, and the other one is really the one that he's going to want to uh, that he's going to want to live with, that he's going to want to be with. So the Gemara suggests that the solution to get out of this is that he does Yibum with the uh, with the Cheresh with the Cheresheshes, and he gives her a get, and then the Kitana when she becomes a Gedola and eligible for Chalitza, so he does Chalitza with her, and that would sever all of the Zikos. And the Gemara goes on to fi- try to figure out how uh, how this works and the uh, and the phraseology that the Gemara uses is Cheresheshes Kinuya Umeshuyeres. So when it comes to the charesh, uh, the, the the woman who's a charesh, so that's considered to be a partial kinyan. There is some uh, aspect of um, uh, uh, of kinyan over here. There's what's called the vaday mixas kinyan in the world of charesh. But when it comes to the world of kitana, so the Gemara says kitana kinuya veina kinuya. That when when it comes to the world of kitana, so maybe there's a full kinyan, maybe there's no kinyan at all. But when it comes to the Cherish, since there's what we refer to as a Vada'i Mikzas Kenyan, so, um, so, so it is possible that in the world of Cherish, um, we, uh, we, uh, uh, so, so this, this phraseology of Cherish's Kenuya, Mishuyaris, Kitana, Kenuya, Ve'ina Kenuya, describes the ambiguous nature of these Durabanan, uh, of these Durabanan marriages. And the Gemara goes on to discuss why uh, these, uh, these marriages wouldn't sever each other's Zika. And the bottom of Daf, Kuf, Yud, Aleph, Oman, Aleph, the, Gemara, uh, the Mishnah continues to talk about the various forms of Kedush and Durabanan. And the Gemara there presents in numerous situations in which a man uh, has bia with one woman and thus disqualifies another woman in a, uh, uh, from remaining in a Yiba marriage. What's the case? So the Mishnah presents a case of someone who's married 
two female Yisomos, two female orphans, and he dies without children. And a Yavan comes and has Bia with the wife, uh, with wife number one, and then with wife number two, which is an Isra performing Yibam with more than one Yivama. So the Gemara says that it's not going to disqualify the first marriage. And the Mishnah then tells us what would happen if one of the wives was a Kitana or a uh, or a Charishis. So what our Mishnah describes over here are all sorts of cases of Kedushin Derabanan and when they would go ahead and when they would sever a Zika and uh, what point they would not uh, find themselves severing a particular Zika. The next Mishnah, the last Mishnah in the uh, in the 13th parak of uh, of uh, Masech Tzivamos. So the Mishnah describes the um, the world of a Yavam Katan who has Bia with a Yavama Kitana. So we have a case over here on Kufir Alafam and Beis where uh, this minor Yavam, this Yavam Kitana, goes ahead and uh, and lives with this minor Yavama. So the the Mishnah tells us that Yigdalu Zemzeh. So they we wait until they grow up. We wait until uh, they reach a state of godless, and then we decide how to proceed and whether or not to dissolve, uh, whether or not to dissolve the marriage. And the Mishnah goes on, uh, and the Mishnah gives uh, uh, another example of uh, a case in which we would wait until the uh, the man reaches adulthood to come to a conclusion as to whether or not he wants to dissolve this particular uh, this particular zika. The Mishnah then explains some of the situations that we uh, that we ask a Yavam, that we compel, that we force a Yavam to perform Chalitza, right? So we have a situation over here where a Yavam, uh, we have a Yavam, and we don't want them to do Yibam, and we specifically uh, want them to do Chalitza. So what's the situation over here? So Yavama, Sha'amra says, the Mishnah Besok Shloshim Yom. So we have a Yavama who says, within 30 days from the time she began living with the Yavam, she says, Lo Nivalti, so I was not uh, I was never with him. So we make him give her chalitza, but after 30 days, so So after 30 days, so we uh we request of him that he goes ahead and he performs chalitza. But if he uh, admits to the fact that they didn't have Bia, so even if it is after 12 months, the Mishnah says, so we uh we ask him and we uh we 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 suggest and we uh, tell him really it's uh Probably best to perform a chalitza with this uh, with this woman. So Rashi and the Meiri point out over here that we accept her claim because we just don't know who to believe after thirty days. So uh, after thirty days, sorry, uh, we don't know who to believe. But if it's after thirty days, so we do assume that there was bia, and we ask them we're mivakshin them to do chalitza, and uh, and that's what we do. And it happens to be that the first tosos and daf kuf yud aleph amud beis la'achar shloshim yom mivakshin imenu shiach lutzla. So Tosa says, what does it mean that we're mevakshim somebody to go do chalitza? Why wouldn't he want to do it? Why would he want to go and get involved in all sorts of yibum and all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, complicated and complex uh, halachic situations? Just simply go ahead and simply do uh, do a chalitza over here. So Tosos answers in uh, in the uh, in the, the 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 second line uh, of Tosos on daf kuf yud aleph. So Tosa says, she, He wants to avoid having spit uh, in his face. He wants to avoid this situation. It's embarrassing to him. There's an element of, uh, of busha of doing a chalitza. And as a result, he doesn't want to go ahead and he doesn't want to uh, perform a uh, he doesn't want to perform a chalitza. So there was a shaila that was posed to Yitzchak Zilberstein in his Sefer Chashtuk Echemed, a shaila that, uh, that uh, is a fascinating shaila and certainly 
uh, when we think of uh, other areas of, uh, of halacha in which this element of busha uh, appears, this element of embarrassment appears, a woman has to go to mikvah and, uh, and uh, she doesn't want other people to know that she's going to mikvah because of the embarrassment. So the question then becomes, what role does embarrassment come when, uh, when there's a mitzvah being performed and uh, when a mitzvah has to take place? So the Shiloh was asked to Rav Zilberstein, um, and Rav Zilberstein quotes his Tosus that we just mentioned, and the questioner asked, would it be appropriate for a son to come watch his father perform a chalitza? So the son, uh, the, the, the father over here, finds himself in a position where he has to go ahead and he has to do a chalitza. A chalitza comes his way. Can the son go ahead and can the son be involved in, uh, in watching this? So Rav Zilberstein points out that there is an element of busha over here. And maybe it's beneath the father to have a son watch uh, this uh, this take place. There was Zilberstein quotes the Nimuka Yosef, who offers another suggestion to Tosus's question, but then describes based on the thought from the Bahag and the Sforno that there definitely is a, a lot of busha in the chalitza process, going through and the shoe and the spit and all the different uh, elements that go into a chalitza. So there is. Uh, busha based on the Bahagim, based on the Sephorno. However, Zilberstein answers that nowadays, since the institution of Yibum is no longer practiced, so Chalitza has become uh, the mitzvah. We don't perform Yibum, we only perform Chalitza nowadays, and therefore, this has become a mitzvah. And since it's a mitzvah, so there's no more Busha. And uh, in the Sefer, Chalitza Kehochasa, so quotes in the name of uh, Ravazner and in the name of Ravnissen Karelitz, that we, uh, that we go ahead and um, and uh, there's there's no busha. There's a mitzvah over here. There's a mitzvah that uh, that has to take place. And Rav Azner and Mitzvah Karelitz said that it was mutter for a son to go ahead and to watch the chalitza of his father. That's brought down at Sefer Chalitza Kilchas and Chalik Beis at the end of Perek Chaf Vav. So that is uh, that is Shailu number one that was posed for Yitzchak Zilberstein. Chassam Sofer says that on a Kabbalistic level, so there's a neshama that's held in limbo until a chalitza is done uh, in a situation like this. But if they don't want to do chalitza, we don't force them because Kabbalah never overrides a halacha. So according to the Chassam Sofer, we force the chalitza over here because uh, there's this element of neshamos and, uh, and all sorts of mysticism uh, at play over here. And we want to avoid that. We want to avoid this, uh, this, uh, this neshama um, you know, sitting in limbo and hanging until it has a conclusion as to where it should go and what should happen. And we want to do a chalitza to make sure to sever this particular relationship. So the Shulchan Aruch happens to, uh, happens to Paskin in uh, Evan Ha'ezer in Simen Kuf Samach Zayin Tzif Vav, that if within 30 days of a Yibam, Yavama says that uh, they haven't had Bia, so even if he denies it, if he divorces her, we force him to do Chalitza. And if he doesn't divorce her, we force him to do Yibam or do Chalitza, and then uh, they, have to, uh, they have to have a get that is, uh, that is established. And the Ramah says that even if he admits that he hadn't had Bia, so she still needs a get and a Chalitza for the Chazaka that any Knusa, Anybody that came into a marriage had uh, an element of bia over here. So we mentioned before that there was this uh, this aspect of thirty days. The thirty days in the world of yibum of a yavam and a yavama who uh, are living together. So um, on this topic, so Yitzchak Zilberstein has another uh, fascinating tshuva in which he presents the following: and uh, a man and a woman who are hiding together in a bunker from uh, from the Nazis. Yimach shemam v'zechram. So. They lived in this bunker uh, together. They had yichud together, and uh, they were hiding. They were uh, they were uh, uh, seemingly in some form of captivity. So 
the Shaila uh, happens to describe the fact that she was able uh, to go to mikvah, and there were uh, there were witnesses that were coming in and out of the uh, of the cave that they found themselves in, in and out of the bunker uh, that they found themselves in, and it is possible that they were able to have a uh, have a halachic uh, halachic uh, marriage. So this is in Chashuki Chemed and Mesech Sevamotadaf Tuf Shin Ayin, and Zilberstein writes the following, and he says that. Um, that uh, there were these bunkers, and uh, sometimes it happened that there were just one man and one woman that ended up in that in that bunker. And he says that uh, they um, were certainly afraid uh, of the Nazis, but there was this possibility to do tefillah and to be married with Shnei Edim. So uh, the woman comes, and the woman says that this man agreed to be uh, to be married to me. That we got married uh, with two witnesses. God knows where those witnesses are. And Zilberstein writes that. Uh, he chose me as a wife, the and we lived together. And the man says, No, absolutely not. I deny this entire claim. So, do we believe this, uh, this girl in the situation? And obviously, this uh, stems from our Gemara with regards to the, uh, with regards to the 30 days that, uh, that we've explained that uh, when a husband and wife, and two, uh, when a man and woman are living together for 30 days, there is an assumption that they uh, would have been together. And he quotes uh, Ramah and Evan Ezer and, uh, in Simon Kuf Yud Zayin, Sif Yud, where the, Evan, uh, where the Ramah says that Imsha Ima. So we don't believe him to say that he was never with her. So we do believe her testimony in these, uh, in these, uh, in these circumstances and in these situations. But Rav Zilberstein does conclude the tshuva where he describes the fact that there is, possi- there is a possibility over here for uh, a wartime dispensation. It's possible to be made up because of the times in which uh, they found themselves in. Uh, in this particular uh, in this particular bunker, so it's not so simple and it's not so clear cut. But the beauty of the Shaila uh, is uh, is uh, is wonderful, which comes from our Gemara and Daf Kuf Yud Aleph. And as the Gemara continues, the Rishonim on our Gemara debate whether the Yibum performed by Yavam Kitana is a Yibum that's the Oraisa or the Rabbanon. And if we were to hold that it was the Oraisa, so the obligation for the Yavam to give a get if he wants to dissolve. This relationship assumes that the Yibum is the Oraisa and the Chalitza would be the Rabbanu. So if a get is necessary, so the Yibum is, uh, is, uh, is a full-fledged Yibum, a full-fledged Oraisa Yibum. But if, however, the Yibum, uh, uh, if Katana, the Yibum that Yavama Katana does, it's only valid on a Dirabana level, then the get is the Rabbanu and the Chalitza would be the Oraisa, which is the exact inverse of, uh, of, the, uh, of the previous scenario. So what comes out of Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, uh, and there are certainly uh, conversations over here with regards to the uh, some of the details of Mion that we were discussing uh, throughout the previous few uh, throughout the previous few daf. But what comes out of our Gemara over here is uh, all sorts of questions that uh, arise when we have um, marriages that are uh, marriages Durabanan, the Chereshes, the uh, the Yisoma, the Kitana, the Yavama Kitana, and all of these uh, all of these um, uh, these uh, interesting. Sh- Cases in halacha and how yibum uh, and chalitza play into them with uh, all that uh, the emotion that yibum and chalitza take on and that the world of marriages take on. And as Daf Kufir Aleph goes and uh, gets to the conclusion of Perak Beishamai, we have all these conversations about uh, a yibum with a uh, with a uh, marriage that is a marriage only on a dirabana level and uh, what the halacha ramifications of that particular case are. That is Mesech Sivamos Daf Kuf.
Yud Aleph.